Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast of Culture and Convictions. I am Iron Petrie, along with my wife and co-host. Hey, everybody. Miss Star Petrie, and we are here to talk to you about some very, very interesting We're and important things. We're all fancy thing. now. We're fancy. Yeah. We've got coffee cups. <laughs> yeah. What? And I don't yeah. even drink coffee. That's upscale. But I just, Come you on know, now. it's a nice paperweight. It ain't even coffee in the cup. Like that. <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, but thank y'all for uh, thank y'all for joining us because you know we have this new setup now and we're going back to video and uh, yeah. you know it'll be interesting. Got to man, got to do it because we've got so much information we got to get out to people. Uh, and we thank you guys for those of you who are listening by audio, of course, and for those of you who will watch this by video. You can follow us on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes, all of the audio platforms. Uh, out there as well as here on YouTube. Go to cultureandconvictions.com. You can hear us there. You can also uh, get us on Facebook. we got a Facebook page, yes, Instagram. Yes. Uh, help us build this thing and build the following and everything because we're getting started here, pushing this thing to every available medium that is out there because we believe that the information that is shared over our table and at our table is something that we want to invite the world into a conversation to have. You are welcome at our table. Your opinions, your thoughts, your your critique, your criticism, because we're gonna give ours <laughs> freely, <laughs> we unabated. We're gonna offer it to you absolutely, and so we welcome you guys into the conversation today. Now, whoo! So much has happened in our culture surrounding COVID nineteen. Now, we're going to dedicate this podcast to the recent uh, happenings and goings on uh, with a collection of doctors that showed up very briefly, might I add, because they were immediately, uh, (laughs) their information was immediately taken down. If you would have blinked, you would have missed them. What are they talking about? They took out some digital Ajax and they scrubbed the internet (laughs) like nobody's business. Uh, But they came out and they spread some information that spread like wildfire very quickly. And uh, we're going to jump into that. We're going to talk about uh, so many things surrounding this this whole COVID issue because it is a pressing issue for all of us because it's the thing that everybody's talking about. It's the thing that's deciding what we're doing in politics, what we're doing in education, what we're doing everywhere and everything. Sure. So it requires some more attention. And in light of the information that's come out, I think it deserves a little bit more conversation that people are willing to give it. Well, it's always interesting when people don't want to mm-hmm. offer a second opinion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it, it used to be that you'd go to the doctor and you'd get that first opinion and then you'd be like, okay, okay well, I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to go ahead and utilize the market. I'm going to go see somebody else and get a second opinion. Yeah. And those second opinions were not um, derided as being woefully inaccurate <laughs> because I went to a doctor <laughs> of the same stature, credentialing, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So yeah. I felt pretty good. Like I didn't go to the doctor and then go to somebody back in the booth in the corner somewhere and say, I want a second opinion. No. Um, but today that's not. Are you kidding? Mm. You want to say. No. Didn't I just There's tell no you. such thing as that. Second opinion. 
Yeah. And so, so now we're, we're watching it unfold in front of our eyes, really, that all of a sudden people are just, there's certain experts. Certain people are experts and other people are just practicing medicine. Mm. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Because like I thought everybody like somebody, was just practicing medicine. Like there are those who have a monopoly on information and what is actual science. Yes. Right. Like they, 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 everybody loves talking about science. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and, and if we're honest, talking about it from the position that they are kind of the authorities. And if it kind of doesn't come through a certain filter or a certain sect of quote-unquote experts, then it's not authentic true science mm-hmm. and then that spreads to that penumbra of people out there who believe they are pseudoscientists uh <laughs> they come from come to us from universities like twitter uh-huh. and from uh, esteemed though. institutions like facebook and <laughs> you know and then they jump in <laughs> and they start telling everybody oh this is just crap science and this is just this and this is just that like they absolutely know. Mm-hmm. It amazes me the degree to which people speak in such absolutes about stuff they have n- no authority to but talk But you know about. what it is? It's the WebMD phenomenon, right? That yeah. obviously if I can go to Google and I can Google it and Google tells me one thing, then that thing has to be so because yeah. it's Google and it's WebMD. So I mean, <laughs> ching, ching, I got it. Exactly. Good. No yeah. copay for that. Yeah, but everybody's <laughs> not so, but you know what? They're that way as long as what Google is saying is jiving with the narrative. Sure. If something comes uh, to the fore that doesn't jive with the prevailing narrative, then all of a sudden what you got on Google comes into question. <laughs> what you got on WebMD comes into question. You know, yeah. there's such hypocrisy. There's such, uh, there are people, there's such double-mindedness in talking out two sides of, the, of their mouths about these things. And so we thought it was appropriate to bring to you some of the footage, some of the interviews, uh, especially one particular doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And and this this woman, <laughs> she was like shot out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> she really was. Uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel. She really was. And she came out and she, in her beautiful Nigerian accent, I, I'm sorry, I just, I love to hear those accents. And she really just rips in to the medical profession, she rips into some of the quote-unquote experts, and she shares some information along with some other doctors that were with her, right? She's not the only one. This was, this was a chorus of doctors from mm. all across the nation, real doctors, because people have, have tried to insinuate that these people aren't real doctors. These people are credentialed, licensed, real physicians right. who are out there on the front lines really treating people. And, uh, and they spread some information, and she was kind of preeminent because probably her voice, her presentation, just her overall presence oh, sure. was so commanding. Sure. And, uh, and so she, she was talking about some things that, you know, we're going to share. Well, just one word for you, hydroxychloroquine. Oh, my goodness, they're going to come get me because they don't <laughs> want me to say hydroxychloroquine. And yeah, I think we should go the like whole program and try not to say hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> I I'm mean, just saying. It's the truth. I mean, you say that, and you might as well be cursing. Pretty much. For a lot of people who consider themselves to be the experts or gatekeepers of this knowledge around Mm COVID-19. And I'm always suspicious of that. I'm always suspicious of that, really, because healthcare in and of itself is more of a huge pie, Mm -hmm. right? And there are several slices. There are several people who practice so many different things that are successful for certain people. But we have this monopoly mind where people kind of, 
they 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 fancy themselves to be the gatekeepers of everything healthcare. Oh, and, sure. and if it doesn't, you know, sure. if it ain't us, then it it's not true. It's not real. And I just want to encourage folks. You can go back a couple of shows. I don't know how many. We probably about three or four shows ago. Um, we we talked about hydroxychloroquine. Um, talking about referencing, you know, when when President Trump had first mentioned it. Um, and talked about its promise, and then uh, highlighting a, a doctor here in Texas who also had had said, "Hey, I, mm-hmm. I've been having a lot of success oh, yeah. um, with this drug." So this is not, you know, this is not news, really, except for the fact that, well, if it's good news, why do people want to cover it up? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if it exactly. doesn't work, then that's one thing. But if there are people out there that say, you know, I've been positively impacted by a protocol using hydroxychloroquine. Um, then the question is, well, what's the issue then? But, you know, the, the biggest monkey wrench that is thrown into the public discourse about all of this, quote unquote, science is something that has nothing to do with science. It's politics. Oh, no doubt. So at the end of the day, what no you doubt. just said really is what's thrown. We're so politicized. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, we're not human anymore. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, we, we think speak and see in blue and red and and it's not just that baby it's it's agendas yeah people are they they will die on the mountain of their agenda whatever it is i mean sure just flames just going no, down pro- in flames proven, you know what i mean and we talked about this before that people you know are are so solution oriented that they're not truth oriented Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's that's partly why our compass is off, because yeah. we're so concerned about trying to find solutions. But anybody can come up with a solution. I mean, that doesn't I mean, I can offer you a solution to any problem that you bring to me, yeah. whether or not that that solution is credible is completely a, a totally different conversation. Sure. But when it comes to truth. I mean, it's yeah. it's true. Right. Absolutely. But we're also so politicized that. We don't really want a solution if it comes from the wrong side. Oh, true. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so the moment, and this is just the truth, the moment President Trump touched hydroxychloroquine, it became persona non grata. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't touch it. Don't fool with it. Don't suggest it. Don't don't prescribe it. Don't do anything. Sure. Because at the end of the day, he's the dim-witted office that cannot be proven to have he he can't be a broke clock that's 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 one, uh, correct twice a day. You know what I mean? Right. He cannot be right about anything ever. Ever. <laughs> he must not be. And, and I'm serious. We're so politicized. We're real. We're willing to watch people die. And and that's the thing too. And you you think about this that that if someone is on their deathbed, if they're struggling with some illness, most people are like, look. At the, come on. Give me, give me everything you got, Doc. Come on, at the okay. end of the day. I, <laughs> I'll try it all because I want to stay here. Exactly. You know and and I mean? people don't, like you said, they don't split hairs in desperation. Uh-uh. Not at all. You know, I'm, I'm not even talking about political sidings at that point. No. I, just, I just want you to give me something to take the pain away. Let me get up out of this hospital and live Absolutely. my life. Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of the blind man who was healed and, you know, in the Bible. And they start questioning him about Jesus because they got issues with Jesus' Jesus, right, theology right. and his preaching. So I questioned him. He's like, look, I all don't know, I know about all of that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> all I know all is I, know. I was blind and now I see. Y'all there can go. go debate that somewhere else. Absolutely. And I think people are there. And I think the reason why this, what we're about to play for you guys, the reason it took off like wildfire mm-hmm. is because that's how the average human being thinks that is sick and is struggling with it. They're like, 
give me options. And not only that, but it's a plague that's touched everyone. It's not just about someone being sick. It's about the fact that, you know, my business can't be open. My children aren't going to school. Um, There's all of these implications that that fall far outside of just a a healthcare crisis. Uh, It's a financial crisis, an economic crisis. It's a, it's a personal crisis. When you talk about the yeah. suicide rate and the number oh, of yeah. people. Domestic violence, Abs- child abuse, you name it. Everything so, is, is is having an uptick because of this. So people are in that position of desperation where they're saying, look, tell us something. Well, I mean, tell us if, if either it can be proven or it can't be. And these doctors came out and said some things. So what we're going to show you now, this is somewhat lengthy, but we want you to see doc- Dr. Emmanuel's uh, if you haven't already, which I, it's very hard to believe that not everybody has seen this, but I'm pretty sure there are those who haven't. But she's, it's going to be fairly lengthy, but she's going to share some things with you that are quite shocking and powerful. I'm Dr. Stella Emanuel. I'm a primary care physician in Houston, Texas. You know, um, I actually uh, went to medical school in West Africa, Nigeria, where I took care of malaria patients, treated them with hydroxychloroquine and stuff like that. So I'm actually used to these medications. I'm here because I have personally treated over 350 patients with COVID. Patients that have diabetes, patients that have high blood pressure, patients that have um, asthma, old people. I think my oldest patient is 92, 87 year olds. And the result has been the same. I put them on hydroxychloroquine, I put them on zinc, I put them on Zitromax, and they are all well. For the past few months, I've taken care of over 350 patients. We've not lost one. Not a diabetic, not a somebody with high blood pressure, not somebody with asthma, not an old person. We've not lost one patient. And on top of that, I've put myself, my staff, and many doctors that I know on hydroxychloroquine for prevention because by the very mechanism of action, it works early and as a prophylaxis. We see patients, 10 to 15 COVID patients every day. We give them breathing treatments. We only wear surgical masks. None of us has gotten sick. It works. So right now, I, I came here to Washington, D.C. to say, America, nobody needs to die. The, 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 the study that made me start using hydroxychloroquine was a study that they did in, under the NIH in 2005. That say it works. Recently, I was doing some research about a patient that had hiccups, and I found out that they even did a recent study in the NIH, which is our national institute um, that is the, the national NIH, National Institute of, of Health. They actually had a study, I'm going to look it up, type hiccups and COVID. You will see it. They treated a patient that had hiccups with hydroxychloroquine, and it proved that COVID is a symptom of, hydrox- of, of uh, hiccups. It's a symptom of, of COVID. So if the NIH knows that treating the patient with hydroxychloroquine proves that hiccup is a symptom of COVID, then they definitely know that hydroxychloroquine works. I'm upset. Why I'm upset is that I see people that cannot breathe. I see parents walk in. I see diabetics sit in my office knowing that this is a death sentence and they can't breathe. And I hug them and I tell them, it's going to be okay, you're going to leave. And we treat them and they leave. None has died. So if some fake science, some person sponsored by all these fake pharma companies comes out and says, oh, we've done studies and they found out that it doesn't work, I can tell you categorically it's fake science. I want to know who is sponsoring that study. I want to know who is behind it. Because there is no way I can treat 350 patients and counting and nobody is dead and they all did better. And then you're going to tell me that you treated 20 people, 40 people and, and it didn't work. I'm a true testimony. So I came here to Washington, D.C., to tell America, nobody needs to get sick. 
This virus has a cure. It is called hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and zitromax. I know you people want to talk about mask. Hello? You don't need mask. There is a cure. I know they don't want to open schools. No, you don't need to, people to be locked down. There is prevention and there is a cure. And let me tell you something. All you fake doctors out there that tell me, oh yeah, I want a double-blinded studies. I just tell you, quit sounding like a computer, double-blinded, double-blinded. I don't know whether your chips are malfunctioning, but I'm a real doctor. I have radiologists, we have plastic surgeons, we have neurosurgeons like Sanjay Gupta saying, oh yeah, it doesn't work and it causes heart disease. Let me ask you, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, hear me. Have you ever seen a COVID patient? Have you ever treated anybody with hydroxychloroquine and they died from heart disease? When you do, come and talk to me. Because I sit down in my clinic every day and I see these patients walking every day, scared to, scared to death. I see people driving two, three hours to my clinic because some ER doctor is scared of the Texas board or they are scared of something and they will not prescribe medication to these people. I tell all of you doctors that are sitting down and watching Americans die. You're like the good Nazi, the good what? The good Germans that watch Jews get killed and you do not speak up. If they come after me, they threaten me. They've threatened to, I mean, I've gotten all kinds of threats. Oh, they're gonna report me to the boards. They're gonna, I say, you know what, I don't care. I'm not gonna let Americans die. And if this is the mountain, if this is the hill where I get nailed on, I will get nailed on it. I don't care. You can report me to the board, you can kill me, you can do whatever, but I'm not gonna let Americans die. And today I'm here to say it, that America, there is a cure for COVID. All this foolishness, it's not, does not need to happen. There is a cure for COVID. There is a cure for COVID. It's called hydroxychloroquine, it's called zinc, it's called Zitromax. And it is time for the grassroots to wake up and say, no, we're not going to take this any longer. We're not going to die. Because let me tell you something. When somebody is dead, they are dead. They're not coming back tomorrow to have an argument. They're not coming back tomorrow to discuss the double-blinded study and the data. All of you doctors that are waiting for data, if six months down the line you actually found out that this data shows that this medication works, how about your patients that have died? You want a double-blinded study? When people are dying, it's unethical. So, guys, we don't need to die. There is a cure for COVID. Oh my God. And the shot around the world was the start of the revolution. Wow. Well, <laughs> man, um, what else can you say about that? But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about. Because, see, this is the thing. One of the things I've discovered about us as a society of people is we tend to judge how professional or effective a person is. I'm going to stay with professional. Okay. How professional they are by their display of what we consider to be professionalism. Mm -hmm. That is their etiquette, their decorum, whether they are completely articulate and free-flowing in their delivery and they they use eloquent speech right. and have a calm, non-threatening demeanor, right? Yes. And, and we'll sit there almost like watching a snake charmer mm -hmm. and we can be so lulled to sleep by the professionalism of certain professionals <laughs> that may be quite ineffective. And so we have this tendency to look down upon, let's just tell the truth about it, anybody who stands up and kind of says, okay, I have on a white coat, mm 
but I'm going to be a, a human. I'm going to be a human being here. Right. I'm going to step out of this for a second, and I'm going to talk to you like a person. Right. And I'm going to tell you flat out what my experience is. I'm going to tell you flat out what I've seen with my own eyes, yeah. and I'm going to just shut it down. <laughs> okay? And so when someone does that, everybody just... I could see it on Twitter and on in some of the, the the tweets and some of the comments and the threads. Oh, People yeah. were kind of turned away and turned back by her presentation and the fact that she comes out there the way she does because no one because we are we're lulled to sleep. We're charmed. Mm -hmm. We're charmed by this idea that professionalism is supposed to be polished. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, people can rob you blind with a wink, a smile, and a kind word. Oh, absolutely. It has nothing to do with how professional they are. It has nothing to do with how effective they are. It has nothing to do with how good they are, <laughs> what they do. As a matter of fact, some people can speak well because mm -hmm. they do terrible. <laughs> I'm telling you, they talk better than they do. Absolutely. Right? And their results don't match their talk. And some people are experts because they're polished little figurines that can be set in front of the world that won't tick anybody off. <laughs> but, but they're not effective. And this woman comes out, and, and she just lays it out there in a manner that I'm telling you, like I said, there's a certain way in which you can tell the truth and confront a narrative mm -hmm. to where it makes it hard for me to believe you're being dishonest mm -hmm. because... What you're saying flies in the face of the weight of medical narrative and medical opinion and medical thought and medical dissertation, what they're saying. Yeah. And you're out there, that bold. You're, you're, she's out there calling out names. She sure was. She's out there saying, and she doesn't like, stop whoop. there. We don't, we don't have time on the show to show when she's called back up there to answer a question and she's calling out people's name and so yeah. forth. But at the end of the day, she speaks with such a clarity and such a command. It's hard for you to disbelieve a person like that. And that's why I think it took off because people are like, wait a minute. There's no way this woman is just sitting up here lying like this. Because mm -hmm. if she is, she's put her head in the guillotine. Absolutely. You know what I mean? She's oh, laid her, she has literally laid herself out before the world. No doubt. No doubt. No, I, I was just going to say that, you know, it reminds me of, and I posted this on Twitter after I saw the video that, that Yogi Berra quote that basically says that, you know, in theory, there is no difference between theory and practice, mm. but in practice there is. <laughs> so, you know, in theory <laughs> that you have these experts that can sit back and tell you, you know, what the data says and, and what we should do and how we need to look at the science of things. Mm -hmm. There are people actually down there getting their hands dirty doing. on, on a daily basis, doing the work. And so at the end of the day, you know, and I've had this conversation at work before, it's like, don't tell me what the people two, three levels up want to tell me about how I'm doing my business because I'm mm. the one doing the work. Yeah. If you want to know how it's done, then come down to the level where the work is performed and holler at me. And that's yeah. basically what she said, right? Like, come see me. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll put a, just jump in real quick and let you finish what, what you were going to say after that. It highlights a difference in almost every institution between talkers and doers. Oh, Absolutely. And yeah. this needs to be said because because yeah. <laughs> this really needs to be said because sure. this is true in almost every industry we have. Mm -hmm. There are people that are talkers and there are people that are doers. And oftentimes men and women of action, men and women of doing are not polished when it comes to speaking because that's not what they do. Yeah. They're about, as right. they say, well, they're about that action. 
right? right? They're about that life of doing. They're, it's about results. It's about getting results. It's about getting out there, rolling up my sleeves. But you find those people who don't do, who are very good at talking, mm-hmm. right? And they, and like I said, they're like that little polished figurine. You can sit it out there, and it looks like you know expertise. It looks polished. It looks very. It's well lit. It's very well presented, mm-hmm. but is there any evidence there to support why we should put all of our apples in that barrel? And the, and the same is true with experts today. You've got so many experts out there that are saying so many different things, but when someone comes along and says, look, I roll up my sleeve, 350 and counting people, mm-hmm. people driving two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. You can find my clinic. I'm on the map. Call me. <laughs> Come see me. You know what I mean? She's like, she's like putting it out there in a way that if she is lying, her lie will not live long. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's uh-huh. kind of like you've put yourself in a position where people can tell the truth in a manner that makes it hard for me to believe they're lying because there's you, you, there's nowhere for you to go now. But when did double-blind studies trump empirical evidence? Exactly. And, and, th- and that's... <laughs> like that's you're sitting there wondering like okay but but we're talking about real people individuals who can provide their own personal testimony of of what her mm-hmm. you know her, her protocol what it's done for them and their recovery so I, I you know i just think it starts to to fall flat and, I, and partly i think that's why the video took off the way that oh, it yeah. did because people at the end of the day it's like i'm tired of you just telling me i want you to show me yeah. And for those who can actually show me that they're out there practicing and applying this and it's working, then you do look at yourself and say, well, why is my business closed down? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why can't my kids go back to school? Why, do, why am I going around with this mask on? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's hot outside, really. Um, and, and really, that's what the power that be really have a concern with. Yeah, you can sit up and say it's fake science. It's not proven. There is no study to support it. It's unproven data. You can sit there and say that, but really your greatest concern is how what they said can produce uh, in people this confidence to shake off your suggestions Absolutely. and your protocols Absolutely. And, so you, and, and move and do what they want to do. Yes. You see what I mean? And yes. that's the thing. And, it, and it, makes, it makes people wonder. People say, oh, if people are dying and people... Are, I understand that. That is very true. Mm-hmm. But what is also not being shared with us as a population or the number of comorbidities people have when they catch this this virus, sure. which is something one of those doctors that was in that particular uh, group, actually Dr. Gold, who, who kind of leads the group and, and started it all, she talks about that and she talks about the comorbidities that are present. She talks about things like obesity and different things that are contributing to it being fatal right, right in people and things that exist beforehand. And that's something that no one wants to talk about, even in the face of the fact that the death rate is still extremely, extremely low. Mm-hmm. And the chance of survival is 99%. So we're, we're sitting up and we're sitting at home. People have lost untold amounts of wealth, untold amounts of, of, of well-being. Sure, There's so many things that have happened as a result of this. And people are sitting up wanting information that empowers them to be able to feel like they can move about because it doesn't make sense on its face. It's kind of <laughs> like, they, I'm serious, the arbitrary six feet, uh, the masks that are porous. I mean, people got everything wrapped around their face from stockings <laughs> to to paper. You know, I mean, it's, it's just like, what, what are we doing, really? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm saying if this thing is so, is to be dreaded, 
right? Then we we need to have some much more ironclad information. And for somebody to come out like that and to tell you the number of patients they've been able to 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 treat and to see, it it's something that's hard to shake off. And I think that's why they pulled it. And and they weren't the only one. They were you remember the two doctors in California who came out toward the beginning yes. of all this? Yes. Yeah. And they were sharing about quarantining not being necessarily the smartest thing to do and so forth and so on. And they scrubbed that right off the internet as well. Well, I think too, people are getting to that point where, okay, it's if it's a plague, if it's a it's a crisis like we've never known before, I'm gonna die my way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm just being honest. People are at the point now where it's like, look, I'm gonna go do some of the things that I need to do. I'm gonna make sure that my bills are paid. And I, you know, honestly, you get to like stand there. I don't know what the rest of you fools are doing, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go make sure. Do. I'm gonna go make yeah. sure that my life is taken care of. Which is why you saw people opening up their business despite you know county orders and county judges oh, yeah. um, jumping up and wanting to seize all of this power to to, to protect you. It's like no, I I I want my individual liberties. Yeah. To be able to live the life that I that I choose, and and to me, that's what's getting lost in all of this. That it's the power, it's the freedom to choose, as as Sir Milton Friedman would say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And we and we gotta stand up and actually ask some hard questions. But of course, you know, after they got through talking, uh, there was going to have to be a response of some kind from the head uh, expert in chief because it's true <laughs> people don't people don't waste time on rebuttals from like little dogs yapping at their ankles like people yeah. don't do that yeah. people respond and rebut to big pit bulls who are who are taking off legs okay yeah. that's how people respond and i think that's exactly what you're getting ready to play so yeah and so yeah uh, and so dr fauci who, as I said, has been dubbed, I guess, our resident expert in chief mm-hmm. of all things COVID, all things uh, transmission of diseases and, and communicable diseases and whatnot and what have you, and all of his storied evidence and, uh, you know, his history, right? And so he comes out, and he now has had to deal with this whole thing where these doctors have created a real uh, hot seat for him because now he's having to ask He's having to answer some questions, and he had a particular interview. And what was his interview was on? I think it's MSNBC. MSNBC. And so yeah. he answered some questions there, and we want to play his response for you. The president again today repeated his endorsement of hydroxychloroquine, which the FDA said in June should not be used for COVID because it does not have known effects, known benefits, and it does have known risks for cardiac effects. So uh, how how damaging is that that he retweeted the the video and defended it again today well the only thing that i can do andrea is is do what i've done all along consistently is that you look at the scientific data and the evidence and the scientific data the cumulative data on on trials clinical trials that were valid namely clinical trials that were randomized and controlled in the proper way all of those trials show consistently that hydroxychloroquine is not effective in the treatment of coronavirus disease or COVID-19. My family received an email yesterday from a young friend of ours, a university graduate. She's now back home in her village in rural western Kenya, asking us if now there's a cure because she had seen the video. And now I see today in the newspapers in Kenya warnings and columns to tell people don't believe that video. If this can be transmitted 
around the country and globally so rapidly. Don't we have to do more to stop these dangerous conspiracies from yeah. misleading people? Yeah, you're absolutely correct, Andrea, and that's the reason why I'm very explicit and unambiguous when we say we've got to follow the science. If a study that's a good study comes out and shows efficacy and safety for hydroxychloroquine or any other drug that we do, if you do it in the right way, you accept the scientific data. But right now, today, the cumulative scientific data that has been put together and done over a number of different studies has shown no efficacy. So when there's a video out there for a bunch of people spouting something that isn't true, the only recourse you have is to be very, very clear in presenting the scientific data that essentially contradicts that. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I have to laugh, though, because, you know, he's like this bunch of people. Again, Again, this is He's my like this. What say that again? He's like this bunch of people. Yeah, like like as if to just throw them away as though they were insignificant. But if they were inconsequential, then why are you talking about them on national television? Okay, because uh, you're getting under my skin, right? And you're cutting into my territory here because I'm not supposed to have to rebut anybody. The only and if I am rebutting somebody, then I'm just rebutting Donald Trump, which is duh. I mean, yeah. here's my credentials, you know, yeah. and here's. Trump's credentials. Um, so, you know, I just, I think it's always when people come at things with that air of kind of, you know, superiority and who are you? They're doctors. Uh, I mean, just newsflash. When you go to the doctor's office, do you sit back and say, look, here, here's the deal. This is really important to me. I need to make sure. What was your GPA? <laughs> now, now, where? How did you? Were you like middle of the pack, or you know, did top you, top ten percent? Because I mean, if you're like you know towards the bottom end of things, I think I'm gonna have to go find somebody else. No, if they have yes, that medical degree, you assume that you're in good hands. That this person is yeah. just as capable as the next man up, right? And here's the issue: Fauci just sat back and acted as though that's not the case. And questioning, I don't, I don't remember seeing his GPA. <laughs> no. I don't remember seeing anything outside of them saying, well, he's been around a long time. Well, great. A lot of things have been around a, a long, long time. time. <laughs> I'm just saying. That doesn't make them valuable. No, it doesn't. So, I, you know, I just don't, like I said, it's the air of, uh, yeah, what these idiots are doing. I mean, gosh. Mm. But, you know, Dr. Fauci has been very... Uh, he's shared some stuff that just hasn't been consistent ever since the beginning. Oh, sure. Yeah. No you doubt. know, and, yeah. uh, and as a matter of fact, there's, there's, there's video evidence of, of him and we won't play it here. Of course you can find it on online anywhere, uh, of him talking about, we didn't have anything to worry about. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, we didn't have anything to worry about after I believe president Trump had closed down, uh, the, the country China. to China, mm -hmm. China, Chinese travel, because right. the, of course they'd gotten news about this particular virus and whatnot. Um, once again, like I said, I, I think we are a nation, I think, that gets in more trouble because we really do have a fascination with being intellectual. No doubt. We do. No doubt. I mean, we, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand why we are so enamored with what we consider to be smart people, mm -hmm. right? Versus people who can give you evidence. 
right, and results. Sure. We're moved by talkers, right? We're moved by the, the rhetoric. We're moved by, you know, this guy came on the scene, of course, uh, President Trump, uh, Vice President Pence and all the rest of them. He comes out with this, this man, and Fauci has been around a long time, and he comes out and he's saying all of these things and sharing with us wisdom from on high, as it were. And everybody at the beginning just kind of, we buckled down. I mean, everybody went in their homes. Everybody started following guidelines. Everybody shut down everything. Sure. Everybody, you know. And and then as time went on, things just stopped adding up. Right. They, they really did. It's, things started not making sense, even for the people who are the most obedient to the guidelines. There were still those who were saying, this just doesn't make any sense. How can you catch this? Why is it this? You know, why did the children, why are they immune? Children are children. Like they're the most vulnerable little biological creatures in the, in the, in the world. Right. It's like, why are the kids getting around? Most communal. No problem. Just, yeah, oh my gosh. Touching everything, if doing you, everything. you've ever raised a child, you know <laughs> children pick up stuff like magnets, yes. right? And they pick, and they're catching things all the time, but they were fine. And then it was just so many conflicting <laughs> reports and conflicting information to the point people were getting frustrated and then we started to open back up a little bit things started to come again the economy rebounded kind of surprisingly in a in a, in a measure mm-hmm. that people like did. oh wow look at here yeah. you know and then all of a sudden oh we need to shut back down and we may we may you know we want to stop the spiking and then of course florida and texas florida and texas florida and texas <laughs> florida and texas you how dare you, you florida and texas <laughs> you, bunch, you bunch of freedom freedom loving people down you know and there's florida and texas and they're jumping all over everybody. And, of course, cases are exploding everywhere because we're testing like crazy. Yeah. But then there's a story behind that because there are a lot of false positives when Absolutely. it comes to this test. There are a lot of people being attributed as dying of COVID that are dying with other comorbidities and things. Mm-hmm. That, that And many of them would have died anyway without COVID, but it's, it's written down as a COVID death. All of this stuff started leaking out into the public. And then these white coats come along and they have this press conference and this summit in D.C. And that happens. So now everybody's feeling like they're empowered to really question, which I think is good. Yeah, definitely. Which brings me to the next thing and the next piece of media we're going to show you, because this says everything, because in the middle of all of this pandemic, we all know. You'd have to be living under a rock not to know. George Floyd is killed, okay, in an altercation with police in Minneapolis, Minnesota. After that happens, people pour out of the house into the streets in protest, in rioting, in looting. Uh, Some people peaceful, other people not. Uh, Things break out all over the nation, not just in Minneapolis, but they break out in cities all over the country, right? Sure. And so you've got thousands of people in the streets, in parks, gathered in downtowns, and so forth and so on. Now, we've been told all this time, social distancing, social distancing, we've got to quarantine, we've got to stay away and and stay locked down, stay away from crowds. We've had churches locked down. We've had churches that have been threatened to stay closed. We've had people's businesses shut down. We've had every thing completely turned on its head in many ways these protests take off but for some miraculous reason like these protests into the thousands are not a vector for COVID-19 
And it was like they immediately came out in the New York Times. It seems as though that the protests are not spreading the virus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, really? You mean to tell me people outside, shoulder to shoulder, screaming, yelling, spitting, sweating, holding hands, locking arms. Some of them out there stark naked. Some of them. Uh, <laughs> Just like, yeah, what are we doing? Y- yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Naked being arrested, resisting arrest, all over the top of one another, grabbing stuff that each other's touching from looting, fighting, you name it. And this is not an issue for the communication of this virus. But if I decide to go to church, I'd better have everything down to the wire. Just right. I must have sanitation and sanitizer, and I must have this taken and that. Everything's got to be perfect before we start gathering into church or before people go back to certain things in in business, right? But these protests into the thousands of human beings, I mean, just whole masses of moving humanity, like just a big goal, just a sea of humans, right? But that's not a vector for the disease. And so Fauci now... He's having to answer questions for this as well. And we want to play you this because you, you, you need to see Wiggle, right? I'm, I'm, we're about to show you what it looks like for somebody to squirm, all right? Fauci, do protests increase the spread of the virus? Do protests increase the spread of the virus? Uh, I think I can make a general statement. Well, half a million protesters on June 6th alone. Yeah. I'm just asking that number of no. people. Does yeah. it increase the spread of the virus? Cra- crowding together, particularly when you're not wearing a mask, contributes to the spread of the virus. Should we limit the protesting? I, I'm not sure what you mean. Should How do we say limit the protesting? Should government people? limit the protesting? I, I, I don't think that's relevant to... Well, to, you just said if it increases the spread of the virus, I'm just asking, should we limit it? Well, I'm, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. Well, you make all kinds of recommendations. You, no. you make comments on dating, on baseball, on everything no. you can imagine. I'm just asking you, you just said it, yeah. that protests increased the spread. No. I'm just asking you, should we try to limit the protests? No, I think I would leave that to people who have more of an, a, a position to do that. I can tell you. Government stopping cr- people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Last week in the Calvary Chapel case, five liberals on the Supreme Court said it was okay for Nevada <clears throat> to limit church services. Governor, I, I mean, Justice Gorsuch said it best. He said, there's no, there's no world in which the Constitution permits Nevada to favor Caesar's palace over Calvary Chapel. I'm just asking, is there a world where the Constitution says you can favor one First Amendment liberty protesting right. over another practicing your faith? I'm not favoring anybody over anybody. I'm just making a statement that's a broad statement that avoid crowds of any type, no matter where you are, because that leads to the acquisition and transmission. And I don't judge one crowd versus another crowd. When you're in a crowd, particularly if you're not wearing a mask, that induces the spread. It's a simple question, doctor. Should we limit the protest? Government is obviously limiting people going to church. And and look, there's been no no violence that I I can see at church. I haven't seen people during a church service go out and and harm police officers or burn buildings. But we know that. I mean, for 63 days, nine weeks, it's been happening in Portland. Right. Yeah. Well, one night in Chicago, 49 officers were injured, but no limit to pro- no limit to protests. But boy, you can't go to church on Sunday. 
I don't know how many times I can answer that. I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm just going to tell you. You've opined a on a lot of things, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, but I've never this said This is something that directly anything. impacts the spread of the virus, yeah. and I'm asking your, your, your position on the protest. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm telling you what it is, the danger. And you can mm -hmm. make your own conclusion about that. You should stay away from crowds, no, no matter where the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> that, my friend, is what you call wiggle. Wow. That's what you call squirming. Because, once again, this is the same gentleman, and not trying to be disrespectful, just telling the truth, that has shared his perspective and opinion all the way down to the number of feet you and I should keep between one another. Yeah. And didn't we you know, read in a, all kinds of stuff. And then we read uh, an article. I can't remember where we read this, but the young lady was talking about how, you know, in Japan, they only do like three feet. Heather McDonald. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, when it, Manhattan you know, Institute. Are we just, yeah, we just coming up with stuff. She wrote that article. And we're going to double it. <laughs> 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 Why are we doing six feet? I just want to double it. <laughs> and just, and, and made it ridiculous because yeah. if you've ever been out in public now and you watch people please watch people in this six feet thing i mean what what's funny is that most people just kind of go about their life and go about their day moving but then there are those who are very conscious of it and they're just yeah. they're looking at you and they 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 don't know whether to push their cart past you in the grocery store or not they don't know what to do and it's like it's <laughs> nonsense yeah. it's nonsense because these chance passings of one another within six feet, are not going to, you're not going to catch it like that. These are things that, that's why over in Japan, they changed it. They didn't, they didn't go with six feet, they went with three feet, and they talked about how, look, it's time, it's close proximity, and it's staying in close contact with people. Right. Right? And at the end of the day, it's like anything else. It's like the flu or a cold or anything that people catch every single year. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. it, and, and even then, they don't even know how they get that every year. They don't even know where they get it from. But you know what makes me laugh is when I go into Walmart and I see those little arrows on the floor. Yeah, that nobody follows. That nobody follows. <laughs> nobody, and everybody's like. Because nobody even sees them. I'm not about to sit here and nobody try to worry them. about whether or not this is a, a up or down. or enter. Are you kidding? It's just do, kind of hilarious. Yeah, what are like, we doing? Do not enter. What are we doing? <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. We're following. America, you've been Fauci'd. <laughs> I think we need to put that on a shirt. You've been Fauci'd. Congratulations. And look, I'm not trying to discredit the man's history and what he's been a part of, but all I'm saying is that from a functional perspective, from a functional, just looking at it, it's just been, it's just been defunct. It's been a mess <laughs> that ultimately people are doing things and there is no ready, uh, real ironclad example of this being necessary. Mm -hmm. Right. It looks as though government has then taking this information. And this is the thing I like about this whole this the, about who says Jim Jordan pushing him, because at the end of the day, uh, governments, local governments, state governments have taken what he has said and used it as leverage oh, yeah. to to do some of the most draconian things Absolutely. to their people to lock them down. Absolutely. And so he's he's asking him a point blank question. Right. That he wiggles and squirms around, quite, and and really can't wiggle around because he's he's really called dead to rights with just the fact that he talks about crowds, you know, spreading the virus, and he says, "Well, then should we limit the protesting?" 
That's a very simple question. It is a simple question. It's a very simple question logically connected to his answer to the previous question. Mm-hmm. It is not illogical. And and you always know, you always know when people are in trouble. Whenever they start off their answer to a question by repeating that same question word for word. <laughs> I'm serious. Wait, well, time to were, think about this lie. were you there at 10 a.m. last night? Was I there at 10 a.m. last night? <laughs> you, you, you know, you know right off. You know right off. This person is in trouble. We need to bring back the show Lie to Me. You know, that, that show used to just, I mean, if you want to learn how to watch people's cues and things, you yeah. need to go and watch Lie to Me. There's like, what, two or three seasons? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe three it's seasons. Enough, it's enough tutoring for you to be like, oh, you're lying i saw that <laughs> see that little twitch right yeah, there first lips yeah, I there see you go. It. Yeah. yeah you're so guilty yeah, yeah but but it's it's really it's a really sad thing because i mean people are struggling because of all of this stuff and there is no willingness to give a logical cogent response to it sure and uh i think that was a fumbled and foiled opportunity to just tell people because it makes sense right and 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 if you don't answer the question then people come away going this still you didn't help me you, at all. That it, tells, it you, then, tells you everything. That yeah. that things are, are are more the political aspect of yes. the of the things that we have been told to do, also the things that we've been told to ignore, mm-hmm. or the things that have been glossed over. They're just they're peaceful protesters, yeah. and you're like, well, what are the bricks for? Yeah. Well, they're peaceful protesters. Then why are they trying to kick down that gate or turn over that statue? I don't understand all of that. No. But then, you know, if you ask for a definition of what is peaceful, <laughs> I'm sure everybody will get very, you know, eloquent oh, yeah. about what that means you to, know, to dissent. And it. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, we're in a we're in a position now, though, I think. And, and this always happens because, you know, this is called culture and convictions. But Satan always overplays his hand. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He just he loves all of the drama and all of all of mm-hmm. the chaos and he'll just keep pouring it on. But then eventually, you know, God has given all of us. Thank you, Jesus, a brain yes. so that we can think critically about things and say that's just. Yeah, that ain't right. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, Why are oh, we doing no, that? it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Unless you believe it's political. Right. Then it makes perfect then it sense. Makes perfect sense. But they do everything to try to dissuade us from believing it's political. Correct. Right. It's science. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's science. It's, it's political science. science. <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. Right. It's political, it's political science. science. And it's and it's attempting in the middle of an election year, in the middle of a, an election year in which a lot is riding upon this election, they have found something that they're going to try and milk as long as they possibly can mm-hmm. and uh they are willing to deal with a stacking of casualties not just i'm not just talking about people dying of COVID. i'm talking about businesses lost they're willing to deal with the fallout of of how they're going to roll out school and whatnot and you know th- there are kids that are going to suffer from this if they're having to work from home oh, and you know, learn from home and they absolutely. don't know how or they're not in a you know in an environment in their homes where people actually have computers and things accessible for them to be able to learn properly. I mean, there are a lot of casualties sure. other than people just with COVID-19. But that's the thing, too, that that we've been talking about. Well, this, you know, this, this could just last forever. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the peak or, you know, it, it's an ongoing melodrama. And if that's the case, then again, we can't just sit in our houses and say there's a line in the street. Everybody's no. going to have to have have to say well, I'm going to get back to life as I know it to the best of my ability. You have to. Because 
obviously you're telling me that there's nothing I can do about COVID. So why would I sit here and worry about it? I might as well go out and make sure that, like I said, my yeah. kids can eat. Uh, I can keep my job, my employment, and I can try to provide some amount of normalcy for myself and my family. But that's why I said it's either a pandemic of epic proportions that is completely earth changing and upending mm -hmm. or it's not. Yeah. It can't be both. It can't be that when you want it to be. And then, you know, we've got it all under control. Just go back into your house. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. A lot has not made sense. But one of the things that has made sense to me is I believe it is political. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you the truth about no it. Doubt. It is politics from start to finish. It's political theater. It is political. As, as Heather McDonald's, uh, she wrote that, that uh, article in the, in the premise, or it was published in the premise. It was for Heritage, mm -hmm. uh, Heritage Foundation. Uh, no, Hillsdale College. I'm sorry. Hillsdale College. Uh, and they took an in an excerpt from one of her speeches, and she was just talking about these months of government malfeasance and, and some of the greatest government malfeasance uh, we've ever seen, sure. and both state and local. And and I think this coming November, there is going to be a shot heard around the world mm -hmm. because people are going to sit back and they're only going to drink so much of this Kool-Aid, <laughs> and they're going to go into the voting booth, and they're going to vote in a very revolutionary manner. And... Um, and they should. And it and it's it's really sad that we're having to go through and live through all of this abnormally. But I do believe there's going to be some positives that come out of it. I do believe at least there's going to be a greater interest in the type of leaders we have. There's going to be a greater interest, I believe, um, from a Christian perspective, because we're we're, we're you know we're Christian Christian here, and uh, I believe for the church there is a real reckoning coming. Mm -hmm. There's a real uh, there's a real coming to Jesus as we always talk about. Mm -hmm concerning a lot of the way in which we've engaged in, in social justice and a lot of different things that have gone on. And uh, we're going to have to get, we're going to have to get clarity and get back to the basics mm -hmm. and really, and, and really buckle down in what our relationship with God looks like and what our sharing of faith really looks like and, and, and what we should be doing. Because yeah. I've seen a lot, a lot has happened. Like when COVID hit, that was the thing, but truly, it has been the human response. It has been the racial tension. It has been this spotlight on leadership and poor leadership. Mm -hmm. it, has been, it has been just this whole moving moment of transition that we're going through as a nation that really is the thing that I think uh, when all this is said and done, we're going to come out better in many aspects. But I do believe we have reached a point of no return in that this country will never be the same again. There are many, many aspects of our nation that will not ever go back the same. Mm -hmm. And um, and we're going to have to deal with it moving forward, and we're going to have to get serious about it, uh, both politically and spiritually. Well, I was just going to say that I, I think the important thing is is to stay sober during all of this because really what happens is people get swept up in a lot of fear. Yes, they do. And they, they are overcome by it. And so people feel as though things are hopeless. People find all kinds of straw men and all kinds of things to wax eloquent about as far as what, what the issue is, what the problem is. The problem is the statue. Yeah. No, 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 no. The problem is, is this person or this party or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, uh, it's fear-based. Yeah. And, and that's partly why, you know, in the political arena, they are always telling you the worst is getting ready to occur. I mean, if you give Trump four more years, I mean, 
what will America do? Well, we thought the same thing about, you know, President Obama's eight years and we're yeah. still here. So I'm just saying that, we, you know, we have to have some some relative, you know, sobriety about, OK, yeah, things are bad and sure. things don't look like what they did six months ago. But I think I think I can make it. I think I think we're going to be OK. And we will make it. We will make it. And uh and it's it's just a, it's an amazing time to live through and to live in, and it's something that um, we will be able to share for for years to come. And uh, and I hope that people will keep their eyes on what's the most important thing. You know, throughout all of this, we talked about this, and we'll go ahead and close this up with this. But we were talking about how you know this has provided an opportunity for people to deepen their faith. This has provided an opportunity for people to get acquainted again who are Christian with the Bible. This has provided an opportunity for people to connect with their children, connect with their families. Now, for a lot of people, <laughs> getting quarantined with their family has been a disaster. <laughs> That's just the truth. But even in that being a disaster, it has at least provided you with an opportunity to examine why. Why is it quarantining with your family would be that? It's your family. And so it's given us this opportunity to kind of reexamine and reevaluate ourselves if we're willing to do the self-work and the critique, because our leaders are in the spotlight, leadership is in the spotlight, we're seeing a lot of things go on, and uh, it's not all bad. Some of it's good, because sometimes this has to happen. But anyway, guys, this has been another podcast of, of Culture and Convictions. We're glad that you're joining us. Now, that those for those of you who are joining us by way of video, we welcome you to like and subscribe to this channel. Help us grow our channel and, and reach the number of people that we want to reach and reach out to everybody with this information. If we said anything on this podcast that you have a question about, anything that you have a comment about, please leave us a comment in the comment section. We welcome the conversation. We have got to start to learn how to converse with one another. We are in a time in which people are simply just dismissive of one another whenever we're sharing opinions that go counter of what we believe. But we believe that the only way we come to really good solutions is if we have a true conversation that covers all sides of the situation. And so we welcome you to the table. Follow us once again on all of our audio uh, platforms where we're on Stitcher and SoundCloud and iTunes and all of those. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Culture and Convictions.